Ken, I've been having the strangest recurring dream. You and I are co-hosts of a radio program. John, let me guess. That program is called Philosophy Talk? How did you know that? Anyway, in one episode, we're talking about the nature of dreams. John, that's not a recurring dream. That's reality. You really are a co-host of a radio program, and we really are talking about the nature of dreams. That's our topic today. Well, then, while we're at it, what is the difference between dreams and reality? Do our dreams really tell us something about uh, our deepest desires? Do they have some evolutionary function? To help us tackle these questions and more, we've invited Owen Flanagan, professor of philosophy, psychology, and neurobiology from Duke University. We'll talk about dream schemes and themes when Philosophy Talk continues after the news. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're coming to you from the studios of 91.7 KALW, Loco Innovative Public Radio for San Francisco. Continuing conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus. And from that lovely oasis of thought, we migrate to this lovely oasis of the air. And from the air to the internet via our blog, theblog.philosophytalk.org. And you can also download our podcast soon, the whole archive, very soon, folks, of Philosophy Talk via our webpage as well. Ken, today's topic is dreaming, and I must admit I dreamt last night about about finally getting a blog up, but uh, then I slept a little late this morning and I didn't do it. So you're getting close. I'm getting close. Now, you know, dreaming, every philosopher teaches Descartes in their intro course, if they're even if they're not a historian, and we always have to talk about, or we get to talk, we have the opportunity, the privilege to talk about Descartes' question, whether we know the difference between dreaming and and reality, how do we know we're not dreaming? Is that what today's program is well, about? No, but let me ask you a question about that. How do we know we're not dreaming? I know I'm not dreaming. I'm awake in the studio with you. Why if, Why would Descartes be so bothered about that question? He really was bothered about it. Why would anybody be so bothered about that question? Well, you know, you can answer that question on two levels. With, within the meditations, which is where he worries about it, he's got this skeptical project. How do I know anything? Well, the first thing I know is that I exist and have experiences. Then how do I know the experiences really give me the truth about anything, given that I believe that some of my experiences, namely my, my dreams, don't? So it's part of the problem of his project in that book. Right. He's trying to show that he's not trapped in right. his own mind. It's not just him and his, him and his ideas as in dreaming. Reality's waking experience is different from that. Okay. That's a philosophical concern, and it's a, it's a rich and engaging one. But there's also scientific concerns with dreamings and psychological concern with dreaming. Freud got this whole business really off the ground by writing the interpretation of dreams way back in 1899 and said dreams have this deep psychological and even biological function, right? In, in our dreams, we get, to dis- we get to satisfy all these wishes that we can't satisfy in our waking life, and lots of people believe that for a very long time. Well, you know, I read the interpretation of dreams in, in college, and I found it quite convincing, and, and, and my own dreams seem to be telling me something. I don't always find something that they seem to be telling me that's fairly deep about myself. But I gather that Freud's ideas 
uh, starting with uh, kind of the empirical research into the brain and stuff in the 70s have not held up too well. No, I don't think, right. I, I think they've made maybe a little bit of a comeback. But in this, starting in the 70s, neuroscientists studying dreams began to believe, you know, dreaming is just a random flux, flux of the sleeping brain. And they don't really have any meaning and they don't really have any deep function. So too bad for Freud. But, you know, I find that hard to believe because if you ask people about their dreams, you know, they seem really meaningful. They seem that they have a lot of content. Well, you know, my problem is I have a lot of recurring dreams. I don't want to get into the details on the public radio, but uh, uh, why would you have the same dream over and over again if it's just a random process? But, you know, maybe we should have a little more to talk about than just our own dreams. Maybe we should know something about some other dreams. And our roving philosophical reporter, Stephanie Lowe, went out and asked lots of people about their dreams. She files this report. So tell me about one of the strangest dreams you've ever had. I guess one of the strangest reoccurring dreams when I was a child was the falling, 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 and then waking up and you're in your bed. And in some ways I kind of liked it. It was more like a rush that you get at an amusement park or a roller coaster. The strangest dream I ever had was that I was uh, on a bicycle riding through Paris with my... Uh, daughter on my shoulders and uh, well it was funny because a week later I was riding my bicycle through Paris with my daughter on my shoulders. Well there's been loads of strange dreams. One of them I was crushing babies into drawers and things like that. That was quite disturbing. One of the strangest dreams I've ever had was this dream where I woke up in the morning and all of a sudden I heard this choir of sound and it, it scared me completely and I was uh, overwhelmed by the hauntingness of this sound of choir but it sounded like, like death and so every time I hear sound in my dreams rather than visuals, like strong sounds, they usually startle me and I wake up. Well, I suppose the most favorite dreams were the kind that were a continuation where you might wake up and go back to sleep and find you're in the second part or the third part or the fourth part of a dream, which didn't always happen. Oh, fly. I used to have the dreams of flying, you know. Uh, I could push my arms up and down like a bird and I would concentrate on it. Somehow I could go up and fly in the air, you know, and fly over all my, <laughs> all my, the people on the playground and that sort of thing. And that's a lovely dream. Always trying to just fly. It's because you always wake up exhausted. Probably I'm trying to get away from work or um, life at that point. I think the only ones I really, really enjoy are the flying dreams. And when I'm flying, I always feel as if, oh, I can fly again and I've remembered how to do it. I dreamt that I was walking down the beach with a girl and uh, uh, up ahead of me I saw a humongous shrimp and uh, there was like a, you know, soda, like the, the rings from the six-pack wrapped around his beak. And so I uh, took it off and he let me ride him around town. So I, I became the sheriff of like the town that I was in and uh, I would ride this around this humongous shrimp and like deal law, you know. What do you think that dream meant to you? I think it maybe it shows that, you know, there are more important things out there than getting the girl in the end. Oh, you know, like uh, riding a humongous shrimp. <laughs> well, I think it's just the way your mind programs things out. 
It's a necessary part of being alive is dreaming. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Stephanie Lowe. Want to hear more? You can find the complete episode on iTunes Music, or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.